to the podcast. I've done that voice before, though. Yeah, See, that's, I just, that's, that's, that's one I've done before. That's I've Gilly got, from Saturday Night Live. What am I going to do? Uh, I've got to come sorry. up with some new ones. i got to come up with some new ones. I, you know? Well, anyway, Gilly, my co-host uh, uh, on this podcast, is here. We're ready to talk about some movies uh, because this is Side Talks, a podcast where we talk about movies. I'm not even inspired to sing a sound right now. I'm just not. I've got nothing for y'all. Listen, it's times are hard. What episode are we on, Brad? What number is this? This is 193. 193. Can you imagine? You remember what we did at 100? We dressed up like the characters from The Lighthouse and did Lighthouse-related like, so, silly podcasts. 200's coming really soon, y'all. But what is what is the new The Lighthouse? What equivalent sort of like cultish mm, movie are good, we going to? Good question. We, we'll think about it. We'll I'm think about to, it. I have to come in with something. Um, I'm and sure there's that, only two of us, so we yeah. can't be the Heim sisters. Oh, damn. Because that'd be good. I'd wear a get some long, long Oh, wig. Sam, get ready. Uh, Sam? Sam, get ready. He's already got the hair. He's got the hair. We don't even need to get Sam a wig. Uh, we, uh, we'll have to figure anyway, out who's we, who. we digress, as uh, they say. Yeah, we do. Um, uh, let's talk about some movies. Yeah, for sure. What's this shit? All right, lay it on me. You're going to get this one so quick. I don't know. I mean, you've said that before, and it's taken uh, me a little while. There's a jungle. Do you know what it is? Uh, <laughs> jungly. It's jungly. It may not be the jungle, but it's certainly some very tropical looking woods. Is this a computer jungle or an actual tactile jungle? Hard like, to say, they... but there is some computer bullshit happening. Okay, in this all right. Thing. And there's a bu- big old you know, man with a bunch of muscles and stuff in this jungle wearing a little jungle appropriate outfit. And there's an ape that comes running out of nowhere. And again, I'm right in the middle of this film or uh-huh. I don't, maybe I'm not in the middle, okay. but I'm, I'm, I'm somewhere in this thing. That's an not ape. the beginning. Got an it. ape comes running. Is he a normal sized ape? He looked big. He looks a little like oversized, a- but how can I can, how, what can I do when I have to compare it to this, this man that doesn't look, normal man is the rain is the man dwayne the rock johnson yes i told y'all he was going to get this so quick but he made like every other movie he makes is in a jungle with an ape now okay so, so what do this you, is not jungle cruise because i not. i do not recall apes in that so i have to imagine it's rampage it is rampage which and is I where to tell you one of the damn apes is white well, uh, the, it's a the, yeah. That's I guess the, an albino ape. Yeah, or that's the main. That's the main guy who grows super big and has to fight the giant lizard and the giant um, wolf guy or oh bat my guy. God. Or whatever. And in this scene, by the way, do you know what happens? Because one. No, one, I don't know what happens. Well, listen, I don't remember fucking one, I think you're going to because one <laughs> one ape is one ape sort of pushes a, pushes a person and pushes uh-huh. them down, and this and then the white ape comes out and pushes him, and then there's some communication between the rock and this ape. Yeah, the albino ape, ape guy. Ape guy can sign, I think. Yes, and so yeah. the ape signs the middle finger. Of course, yeah. Oh, he's a sassy ape, sassy the, who ape. grows to enormous size, and again has to fight a giant lizard and a giant bat wolf thing. You know what? Rampage, um, kind of fun. No, Corey, no. It's kind of fun. It's, no, Corey, look, no. I'm not going to sit here and defend it as being good in any traditional sense. I would sense, love it if you five um, minute fought Rampage. No, Lord, no. This movie's dumb as hell. But you know what? Mm-hmm. Uh, on the scale of like Dwayne the Rock Johnson, dumb as hell blockbusters, one of the more enjoyable ones. Sometimes they are garbage that you can't find any enjoyment in. Like, this looks like, like garbage. Skyscraper, to me. like San Andreas, like Red Notice. Oh my god! Red All Notice also, makes Rampage look the, like these names get pulled out know, of a hat. The Three Colors trilogy. Uh, it's it's really just wow. a wow. soulless movie. Uh, Red Notice, but uh, Rampage pretty good. You know why? It's got giant monsters in it who eat people and punch each other. So I'm you know, bored. I'm a simple man. I have simple tastes. 
and Apes uh, eating I, people. I do like monsters. Anyway, this was inspired, by the way, from a screenshot that Sam showed me that was that said these are four different movies, uh-huh. and it's all The Rock wearing a similar outfit in a jungle. In the Jumanji movies, in uh, Jungle Cruise, in Rampage, probably in a couple other things. I don't know. Well, you got it. You got um, it really quickly. That's another one for the textbooks. Yeah, I'll, I'll take it. God, what a dud of a movie star that guy's turned out yeah. to be. And and again, I don't want to harp on Red Notice, even though it's soulless and evil, but like putting Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot in that movie is like the unholy trinity of people I don't want to see in movies anymore. Watch it. Watch it. You know why. You you mentioned one name that I will never stop looking at. Uh, you can look at her all she wants, but as soon as she opens her fucking mouth, it's all downhill. Oh, man. Let's wrap up this segment. And now, a look at what we're watching this week. Oh, man. Corey, you want to know what I'm watching? What are you watching? Two films on very different ends of the spectrum. Okay. I've seen Licorice Pizza, finally. Cool. And we watched Coyote Ugly at the cinema the other night. Those are very different films yes um, indeed yes indeed so tell me about them uh you like licorice pizza a lot this I is do. your favorite pt anderson film at this time am no. i correct you, i thought you said it might be it phantom might be. thread might be okay. licorice pizza look he's made like nine films yeah all of them are very good to amazing licorice pizza might be my second least favorite okay okay but i do i like it a lot i think okay. it's great what's your least favorite Heart eight because okay. it's just like he's him. Getting he's he's getting he's his getting, footing, he's right? I think that's a really good movie, but it's not what he will become. Right. And Licorice Pizza, I can see that being a movie that will grow on me over time even more. I love it. I had a great time watching it. You know, I, I'm sure that like over time, you know, I'll be more in tune with its vibes and maybe come to like it a little more. Not again that I dislike it. I think it's amazing. It's yeah. in my top ten of the year. Um, oh really? But, yeah, but not not one of my favorite PT uh, Anderson movies, just because he's so great. I uh, I'm taking yeah. I'm sensing a little resistance here. I don't think it's going to land on my top ten of the year. Yeah, I don't dislike this film. I just I I and I I think I had high expectations, uh-huh. and I'm not really sure why because I you know I don't like the master. Yeah, We've well that, argued that's that a, before. That's a strange I, I, that's I a like strange this, situation. Oh come on! <laughs> I, I I I can totally understand why you would like the master and I wouldn't. And it is yeah. a dude movie. It is a dude movie. It's got and, a lot of dude energy. And this is less so. I mean, we've got a, a female lead for one. That really kind of in, in a lot of ways she is the protagonist. I here. think so. Um, I I like it. I don't love it. I don't. I don't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't this. And maybe my expectations were a little too high. It's not that I didn't enjoy watching it or that I, I think I need a little more time with it perhaps, but ultimately it, it left me a little wanting something different, Mm -hmm. maybe in that same world, but a little something different. And, and I'm not really sure what there's, there's a great action sequence driving, driving a box truck. And I, I did love that. And there's a, there's a lot of stuff I like about it. I'm just not really sure that I totally get, I'm not totally on the same journey with the characters that I feel like some people might be. Uh Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Um, A movie with a lot of individual pleasures. You have a lot of really fun supporting performances, a lot of faces pop up for a scene or two. And, and that kind vanish. of the stunt casting bothers me a little bit. I don't really need it. It 
it's you know he uh, Paul Thomas Anderson was a you know an Altman acolyte, and this yeah. is one of his more Altman esque yeah. movies. And it also lives in the space of almost famous a little bit for me, a and little that's bit. and when it when it delves into that, that's when I get a little because you know how I feel. Sort of a precocious young person yeah. making their way through the world. It, it does have a lot in common there, but but the sort of shagginess, the looseness sure. of it, the sort of lack of like intense stakes, right? Um, I, it's just a it's just a feel good sort of hangout thing. Um, it it reminds me a lot of Dazed and Confused as well, mm-hmm. and and I love those vibes. But Dazed and Confused, so, like in the Valley with Hollywood weirdos sweeter, on the periphery, right? Much sweeter. And I think it's a world and an era, an era that I'm somewhat familiar with. Mm-hmm. But certainly that era connected with that world is very different than anything that I know. And so there's a lack of familiarity there that that probably needs to be present for me to be able to indulge in that much nostalgia. Sure, sure. And I think that's probably the disconnect. Yeah. But do you know? I enjoy it. I spend I'll spend a little more time with it. I've confessed in the past that the first my, upon my first viewing of Magnolia when I was in film school, I did not like it. I saw it when upon its release in the theaters. It was a very cold theater, and that is I'm 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 not even joking when I say that the, the, the temperature literally was. I I was having trouble just keeping my head up it was so cold and and it really impacted the my viewing of that film but it was certainly one that i left thinking i don't think i enjoyed that and then really changing my tune about so i will spend a little more time with it sure coyote ugly however (laughs) (laughs) great movie masterpiece uh very clearly so awesome out of the gate right listen i don't need to spend a lot of time on this if you haven't seen it or haven't seen a long time (laughs) it's totally worth going back to if you're looking for just complete fodder the only thing i will say about it is that i have i really and truly forgot about how much this thing is is a product of chaos. I mean, this thing is just a <laughs> shit show of chaos. It is like one second they're dancing on the bar, the next second they're clogging, the next second they're they're grabbing men's heads and pouring shots down their throats, the next second they're they're lighting the bar on fire. The, I mean, it is just it is a it is, the pedal is all the way to the ground and it is pure mass chaos and I kind of love it about it. Well, I'm not sure that people were drawn to the theater looking for <laughs> the storytelling or like filmmaking acumen behind the camera here. Oh, I, I think that I there's one thing that for. that drew people to the theater and perhaps one thing only. Um, but you know, you'll we can all draw our own conclusions about what that may be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, you get plenty of that, but more <laughs> than anything, you just get a, an explosion of turmoil, uh, just nonstop in your face. And so th- that's that's really what I've been watching. I'll make a quick mention that uh, there's been a lot of, we talked about this before, I've continued to watch, and just like that, the Sex and the City uh-huh. reboot. And there's been a lot of criticism of the show. I've actually had some spars with some people that I know that don't, that didn't, that don't like it and, and feel this or that about it. They but should come on the podcast and do a five minute fight. With I'd you. love it. I wouldn't support this in in it, in, compl- in totality. But what I will tell you is that the most recent episode, which I think at this point we're at about five, right? Mm-hmm. There's there's mm-hmm. a there's a recent episode where the whole episode itself is just fine. It's it's fine. But there is a scene where uh, all the three remaining women, right? Um, Charlotte and and Carrie and. Um, Cynthia Nixon's character, Miranda, are having lunch and Miranda is questioning her sexuality at this point. And, you know, that's clearly Cynthia Nixon's bringing a little bit of that to the text of of the show. But that particular scene, I would argue with anybody, is incredibly well written. And it is a moment in the series where, and I'm a similar age. They're a little older than me, but it is a similar age. And it is an acknowledgement of loss and 
this sort of ability when you're younger to have a dispute, a disagreement with someone and walk away and not and sort of kind of keep moving. But that as you get older, there's a there's a feeling of not much is worth losing the people that have been with you by your side for this long. And mm-hmm. so it's a you can disagree. We can not like each other in this moment, but we can't abandon each other. Hmm. And that particular scene in the way it's written is really, really lovely. Hmm. And I just wanted to acknowledge the writing there and say that I think that despite some silliness around the show and <laughs> clearly some controversy related to some, some controversy. So not just the writing of the show, right, but the uh the actor, Chris Noth. Um not the show's fault. Okay. No. But, uh, not the show's no, fault. No, I don't think anybody would point the finger at the show no. for that because he proved to be who he is long before. But let's also acknowledge just very quickly that the show has taken the loss of of that particular character in the writing, mm-hmm. okay, and 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 the, and the sort of backlash that came from that. But then that particular character being revealed and you know hashtag me too, um, terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, the loss of a of another character who they'd brought up who 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 died. Yeah, Willie very, Garson very the suddenly, actor. and the show keeps on going. Yeah, so. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to acknowledge some good writing in the show and say while the while it may not be in totality a wonderful thing, it is it is has, has some really wonderful moments. Uh, that's all. Well, so good. what are you watching? So um, I wanted to bring up one older film um, and then two newer releases yeah. that I think are, are noteworthy. The older film, um, I watched The Last Picture Show because oh. we lost Peter Bogdanovich, uh, the great director Peter Bogdanovich last week. Um, Speaking of hashtag me too. Uh, well, but I know, but I look, the last picture show is in, as you know, in my top, I can't remember where it lands, but one of my favorite films, it is a brilliant masterwork. Well, yep. I agree. Thank you. (laughs) One of the most heartbreaking movies ever made. Absolutely. There, the tone of that sucker just, it's a, it is, it's a heartbreaker. What, what a beautifully written and sensitive movie that is, um, and oh, I mean, there's just so much about it that is walloping. I mean, yeah. everybody talks about Ben Johnson um, as Sam the Lion, yeah, and uh, Cloris Leachman. They both won Academy Awards for Brilliant their supporting performances. Here. They're amazing. Ellen Burstyn is amazing in this thing. I didn't even know Ellen Burstyn was in this yeah. movie. Every every hand that every yeah. actor's hand that touched this thing is. Just exceptional. I mean, the three young leads, considering you know they were discoveries. I mean, I don't know what Jeff Bridges had done before the last Very picture little. show. I mean, clearly coming there's you know clearly coming from a, a established family in the yeah, field, in, of the, course. in the field, but still. And then, and of course, Sybil Shepherd um, Mem- from Memphis, Texas, who's who's this amazing, real discovery, in who's this. amazing. I mean, you know that that of course opens the door for so many Hollywood figures to literally ruin their marriages and careers, you know, trying to date Sybil Shepard. But you watch the last picture show and you're like, eh, yeah, I kind of get magnificent. it. Kind of get it. Coming She's straight from modeling. Magnetic. That, yeah. that, that, uh, that performance is, is just really special. Anyway, beautiful, deeply, profoundly sad movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, um, what what a film that is, and and Bogdanovich, of course, you know I love What's Up Doc, yeah. I love Paper Moon, you know yeah. that that another great masterwork. Those those three movies for me are just right up there with the the best stretch of filmmaking um, 
by a director of his generation. I mean, it's, it really is. I mean, this is outstanding work. Yeah, it will stand the test of time from here until we're no longer human beings on this planet. Of so. course. So, so shout out to to Bogdanovich. And then quickly, uh, I wanted to mention two films that I fully expect to be in the running for best foreign language film Ooh, at the Academy Awards. Uh, one is about to wrap up its run at the Sidewalk Cinema as we record this. Yes. The amazing, amazing. Uh, Japanese drama Drive My Car. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen it yet, Corey, but I've heard just brilliant things. It is a masterwork. Yeah. Just a tremendous film. I mean, long, three hours. Three hours. hours. Um, I've heard the three hours go by fairly quick. They do. It is it is beautifully textured and written and and really soulfully performed. I, I, I can't say enough good things about this movie. I hope you get a chance to see it at some Me point. Too. Um, because it's amazing. Um, I also got <laughs> randomly so these are just things that happened to me and I can't really um complain about this because it's a movie I've been wanting to see for a long time. I was I was sent an opportunity through the Hollywood Reporter of all things to do a virtual screening of the worst person in the world. Nice. An upcoming release from Neon. Um, this premiered with Drive My Car at Cannes yeah. 2021, won the Best Actress Award. Yeah. And this thing's a masterpiece, too. Oh, cool. It's so great. I'm excited. It is uh, a brilliant Norwegian romantic comedy that sort of puts the genre, just sort of tips it on its head and tells the story of this aimless 30-something-year-old woman who sort of bounces from interest to interest and romantic relationship to romantic relationship, um, trying to figure things out. It is a wonderful movie. I I can't say enough good things about it. And honestly, you know, these two films, Drive My Car and The Worst Person in the World, are enough to make a person feel optimistic about the future of cinema. Cool. Maybe not American cinema, because obviously okay. these, these two films um, come from outside our borders. But you know what? They are almost... Um, you know they're they're both on my top ten of 2021, um, which I'm, I'm sure I'll talk about in more detail some other time. They're very high on that list, and they are really both uh, really special. So um, if you get a chance to see either of them, uh, take it. And hopefully, the worst person in the world, which isn't even opening in limited release uh, in New York and L.A. until February, hopefully that's something that we can bring to y'all. Uh, at the Sidewalk Cinema, fingers crossed. Maybe. It's on the books. It, it's It's been getting pushed around a little bit, as many things have, yeah. thank you to pandemic life. Maybe March. We'll see it We'll see it at some point on the screen. Yeah, well, uh, I can't say enough good things about it, so cool. I, I hope that we do. And, and if you're listening to this, come see that movie whenever we open it. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Side Talks. We are your own personal cinematic, 69 and 420. Oh, man. That one's a stretch, isn't oh, it? Oh, hell yeah. That, hell <laughs> that yeah. might be the worst one yet. No, everybody, <laughs> Brad and Sam are standing, they're cheering. Sam is ripping furniture out of the, the floor. I mean, they're going nuts in there. Oh, boy. Oh, well, this this just uh, made my let's, day. Let's end, let's end on top. Ba-dum-bum. Yep. 
Okay. Um, thanks to Batwell Studios. Thanks to Revelator Coffee, our wonderful sponsor. Um, and check us out at SidewalkFest.com or at Sidewalk Film on social media so you can see what is playing at the Sidewalk Cinema. You're going to want to get tickets and come see a movie with us. Thanks to Splash 96 for our music. Absolutely. Bye. See you later. Bye-bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.